Hey powerful professionals, welcome to Issues in Black and White, where we discuss key values and social issues. Today we're going to be discussing boldness, and our definition of that is a brave and confident way of behaving that shows no fear. Boldness, La. I'm going to start by saying that I think that there are certain types of people that can be bold in certain situations and certain types of people who simply can't get away with being bold. Mm. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying it's fair. Mm. In fact, it's the opposite. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. I think there's a gender imbalance there, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of one person boldly expressing themselves in a meeting, for example. And I find that if it's a man, sometimes it's taken <laughs> as a more important suggestion while if it's a woman it's seen as being nitpicky yeah yeah i mean that's the classic bossy it starts when we're kids right yeah bossy girl yeah i was a such a bossy girl i I was called bossy so many times (laughs) and actually that's like it's like built into me like even now i'm a leader and i will ask someone to do something and my inner monologue will be going don't be so bossy yeah what is that but also i think that being i think that it's not just being called bossy but it's also the association of being bossy being negative yeah totally which maybe what's wrong with being bossy yeah i'm the boss (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) i hear that i do think though that it is about managing um how you express that like not being um domineering or over controlling Mm. overbearing however you can still kind of give instructions to people and expect that they be followed and hold them accountable to following them and that is being bossy that's being a boss um but it's also funny how in popular culture being bossy is actually celebrated like i'm bossy you kind of celebrate that as someone who is about their business, going the right direction in life, etc. So I do think that there is a place to reclaim that identity as well. Mm. Um, but there's definitely a gender imbalance on who's allowed to be or who's more, it's more acceptable to be. Definitely. Um, there's also, there's also huge racial tones here, right? Mm. Like I think that idea of girl boss I'm going to be really honest with you right now. When you say girl boss to me, I think of a black woman. Yes. And I think that's a racialized, that's in the media, right? Yeah. And women, black women are racialized as being sassy, strong, aggressive. Bold. And not all aggressive is the, is the kind of negative version of that. Yeah. yeah. Which it, it often leads to, doesn't it? But mm. um, not, all, not all black women are those things. And lots of white women are those things, of course. But, but I'd be interested to know your take on that as a mm. black woman. I think that I used to be very self-conscious about speaking out, especially in meetings. And I still kind of feel that way as well. But I think the reason why I feel that way now is more because I've changed my job so many times that trying to settle in and speak up is a little bit more challenging. And then you get used to it and you get settled. But absolutely, I would say early parts of my career I was self-conscious about being perceived as like aggressively wanting to take um someone's idea or share an idea and wanting everyone to go on board um when I would turn around and hear other people speaking in the meeting and sometimes it was not even fruitful discussion but (laughs) they're 
um, contributions were being celebrated in this huge way. And I was thinking, what? Okay. Um, But I think for me, it's so, it's that hard line where it's like, as a black woman, I don't want to conclude that it's happening because of my race. I don't want to reach that conclusion. I want to think that, okay, maybe what I suggested or the way I presented it wasn't clear enough. I would prefer to go down that road. However, I'm not ignorant to the fact that the perception or the racialization of my body as a black woman and my voice as a black woman is very much in line with those adjectives that you described, yeah. being sassy and so forth. I think I play on it though as well because I'm very much all about the bants, okay? I love to have a good laugh. <laughs> you know, I love to laugh at others and I love to laugh at myself. So that could also be associated with being sassy. And I, I play on that. I feel like that's actually the way that I try and build relationships with the people that I work with. Yeah. Um, so... Yes. I mean that's just your personality, though, I think right? So. You know, like yeah, absolutely. yeah, okay, so it so so happens to match a stereotype, but that's just to go into exactly more than anything. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I and do you are think sassy. There's, a, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes, exactly. There is nothing wrong with that. And I think that point that you make about it being racialized is a hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. Um, but I just wanna make the point that I think for me, making that conclusion in the moment is a little bit mm. more difficult. Yeah, mm. I completely understand that. You don't, you don't want to have to go there. If, and and actually, I think that says a lot about you as a person in that you immediately look to self improvement and mm. uh, especially in a professional manner, you mm. know, with self reflection, self improvement mm. rather than anything else. Yeah, but being it, that's a lot of emotional strain. Like just to make that point, mm. that is a lot of emotional strain because being bold takes a lot out of somebody to make a decision to speak out or challenge something that's happening on a like corporate level or on an institutional level that takes a lot of energy already it's amazing when it works out well however yeah it can go left like it can go completely wrong way um yeah really interesting what you say about energy do you think everyone who is bold uses energy being bold no. or do you think some people are just naturally bold and it doesn't if you know maybe we're getting into extrovert introvert here i don't know yeah but, you know yeah i hear what you're saying i think that being bold is completely separate to the, your personality in the sense it, being bold for me is about making a decision to speak out or speak up or um make a change or challenge something. Yeah. I think that's what, and you can do that quietly, you can do that loud. You're listening to Issues in Black and White. Marcus Rashford, for example, 22-year-old mm. footballer, he just wrote an open letter to the PM, like, yo, we need to feed these kids during <laughs> the summer holidays. Said, yeah. Well, <laughs> in essence. <laughs> you know, he's like, we need to feed these Absolutely. kids during the summer yeah. holidays. We cannot let our young people go hungry for the sake of the economy, like, come on yeah. and he didn't yeah. do it really loudly and it's so amazing even seeing him speak about it following the pm's like change in decision he speaks about it so humbly he's just mm. like you know i had a conversation with him and he was in support of me and so so humble and so cool so i don't think boldness is about your personality i think it's very much about 
making a decision to change something and yeah. going about it in a strategic way to get it done. Yeah, and in a way that suits you. And actually, that, that's something interesting, isn't it, about, about whether you choose... I suppose this links to what we were saying about teaching the pupils to be bold in their own way. Do you choose this strategically? Do you choose the way that fits most naturally for you or do you choose the way that's going that you think is going to be listened to the most? Yeah, um, and I actually think that, that the most bold way is to do it the way that suits you mm. because why should you adapt so that the those in power listen to you? Yeah. You should be able to do it your way well enough mm. that they listen to you anyway. And that's, like you say, that's what Marcus Rashford did. Yeah. And I think, I think lots and lots of bold people do it that way. And this actually really links to something I was thinking about with teaching and and all my own career as well, actually. And kind of, I, I've definitely, I think you probably have as well, I've definitely got bolder as I've gone through my career. Um, like, and I suppose that just comes with an innate confidence that, you you know, you can be good at what you're doing and you've got more knowledge of it. But I also look back on me as an NQT, I was so scared to be bold. I was so scared to properly speak up or give my opinion. And, and actually, ironically, people who knew me as an NQT would probably say I was one of the boldest NQTs they've ever known because I, I did I did have quite a big voice and I I had I had an extra responsibility which was whole school which I I was you know I wasn't really afraid to talk to the whole school about in briefings and stuff that's probably perceived as quite bold but I think there's a big difference in in how you act and how you feel inside often absolutely I agree with that I think I had a similar thing although I think that I did have to be I had to make a decision to choose to be bold because I was working in a school that was in special measures and they were making decisions that just I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable with. And one of the decisions was that everyone taught the same thing at the same time to their classes in separate classes. And I just couldn't get on board with that. And I think making the decision to say, I think this is good, however... I think this is better. <laughs> was, was something <laughs> so diplomatic. Though. So diplomatic, but it had to be done because I had to kind of search into what it was that actually inspired me to become a teacher in the first place. And it was the creativity, mm. it was the ability to be creative and try out new things and make mistakes and try again. Mm. But I felt that this decision didn't afford me that privilege to to actually carry that out and I think what you're saying about the way that you feel in comparison to how you present yourself I think again when your audience um see that confidence they actually trust you so despite what you Mm -hmm. feel you do actually develop trust among the people that are around you so I would say this to beginning teachers if you do have something that you feel strongly about and you've got the knowledge and you've set it out well, building trust will come from that. So despite feeling yeah. terrified, I would still say stand up and do it. Oh, 100%. And that, I mean, I've thought about that when I've been interviewing teachers for jobs and in meetings as well. I always um, trust, listen to, notice those that have an opinion or are not and are not afraid to express that opinion rather than those that are just you don't want a yes man in a creative forward-thinking team exactly yes men don't get you any further absolutely Um, and you want every single person to to challenge you and to question things Mm. and to come up with ideas you can't have 
um, passengers. Yeah. And I think I think that really links to being bold. And, I, you know, I've recruited an incredibly talented team, I think. Some, lots of them are already there. But those that I have recruited are so talented and none of them are afraid to say, I think you should do I this. I think about doing it this way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think that's a big part of it. And they're not necessarily people that you would immediately think are bold. You know, I think when you think of that word, I said, didn't I, when I think of the word... Um, I can't remember what you said, uh, girl boss, mm. I think of a black woman. Mm. And I think when you think of the word bold, you think of this very confident, extrovert, quite loud, well-spoken, as in, by well-spoken, I mean able to express themselves well, um, person. And actually, that's not always the case. I think you can be bold and be very, very quiet, like you're uh, saying yes. about Marcus Rashford, you know? Yes. like. And I think that's the thing. If you're, if you're a new teacher and you aren't someone that likes speaking up in, in, in meetings, then have a quiet word with the, with yes. the boss. Absolutely. Don't you know? Don't mention it in the meeting. Talk to them afterwards, or send yes. them an email, or yes. do it your way. Yes. But don't don't not say it. Yeah. Because you're afraid to speak up in a in a traditional way. I agree, and I think in in order for us to really set this debunked myth in stone, I want to also say that actually the quiet people you've got a huge huge advantage, because more introverted people tend to be more observant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is the most powerful position to be, to be able to be in a particular school or organisation or wherever you might be as a beginning teacher, PRU, you could be anywhere really, Mm -hmm. and spend time looking at how things are done and processing, is it working? Who is it not working for? And having that real inner conversation, that interior discussion I feel is a huge benefit for when you do finally stand up and present your ideas for how to make a change. Um, I, yeah, I would consider myself to be quite in the middle, introvert slash extrovert. And I feel like that observant aspect has really helped me throughout my career to be able to say, I like this, I don't like this. But my issue or my weakness was... um, not, hmm, how do I say, not being able to carry people along with me. I have the interior discussion for so long mm-hmm. that I'm so sure about what it is I'm going to do. And it does work. It's just that you need support as well. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's good to be observant and introverted and so forth, but be sure to gather that support Get people who, even if it's just one other teacher, who's trialling it out with you, whatever the solution that you're trying to present is, who's trialling it out with you, get some support and go forward as a team rather than on your own, I would say. Because even Marcus Rashford, like he got members of his team to co-sign that open letter. It wasn't just him on his own. So I think having some support is important as well as having those interior discussions yeah just to give that balance so true and maybe that's the kind of drawback of boldness is that yeah if you if you're too bold without strategy or without community or without um collaboration yeah then yeah the the, the, the drawback or the risk is that you don't take people with you Absolutely. you just end up end up by yourself on the <laughs> yeah. edge of this precipice yeah. <laughs> Come on, speaking guys. really boldly and no one <laughs> yeah, no one no is listening there, <laughs> <laughs> no one's listening <laughs> Um, when have you found that you haven't been bold? Oh, good question. Or, and felt like you needed to to be? Yeah, that's a really good question. I actually... Hmm, 
Mm. <laughs> you really got me there. Um, never, I'm always bold. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's been several little examples of where I kind of wish I'd um, I'd spoken up more, or I'd actually, yeah, I tend to check myself actually with speaking up, and I'm I'm probably the opposite. I'm probably the person that speaks up too soon and then wishes they hadn't spoken up quite so much or wish they'd taken a little bit of time to think about it a bit more. So probably my, a better example is when I've been too bold and then reflected on, actually, I probably should have gone about that another way. And I can think of a really specific example, which I'm not going to go into the details of, but it's it's from work where I criticised members of staff too readily. Um, and actually what, what was called for was a much more open conversation. Um, and I learned a huge amount from doing it that way. Um, but I also probably hurt people. Um, and yeah, I learned a lot about that kind of, I suppose, the balance between boldness and what we were just talking about, boldness and collaboration and listening and actually taking a step back and observing before you do anything. So I suppose in that sense, I'm, I need to be more of a, I don't, I don't love the introvert extrovert thing, but I need to be more of a, an observer sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. What about you? I'm, I'm very I'm... hesitant as a person. I can have an idea or want to do something, but it takes me ages to push myself out of, oh, but it should be like this. So I'm kind of researching to a fault, basically. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to try it out and see, and it's okay to fail. I think you know my perfectionist ways. It's... Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> Stop judging me, Lara. The struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle I, is real. I actually really envy your perfectionism. I, I need to be more like you. We need to we need to find a middle ground. We need to find a middle ground, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I can be a perfectionist to a fault. So it then means that actually something that isn't entirely ready but needs to happen at a specific time, I end up mm-hmm. missing the time. I can't think of an example now. Um, where I've suffered critically for it. Mm. But I would say that things like starting a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. I still haven't done it. And mm. I've been thinking about doing it since 2012. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and the thing that stopped me is branding and not knowing what message I want to give. Yeah. And so but, forth. I mean, those are important things, but... They are... But then also fear, right? Yeah. And I think that's the, yeah. the the kind of thing that I wanted to press into a little bit in terms of how does fear stop us from being bold? And mm. how does and to what extent does fear outweigh all those other good things like knowledge yeah. and so forth that we're trying to gather together? Yeah. You're listening to issues in black and white. So true. And that's exactly that example I just gave about criticising staff came from a place of fear on my part. Instead Mm -hmm. of looking at what I could be doing, the the next steps, I was looking back and I was scared. And actually, one of those members of staff wrote me a card. It must be well over a year later, excuse me, when he left the school. And I had just been appointed hot at that point. And in his card, he wrote a, a quote from Michelle Obama. And I think of that quote probably daily in my role as HOD, because most things I do, most decisions I make, I think about that. And the quote is, don't ever make decisions based on fear. Mm. Make decisions based on hope and possibility. Make decisions on what based on what should happen, 
not what shouldn't. Mm. And as, I just think that's that that kind of that that I, that way of focusing your boldness is so important, especially in leadership roles. And we're all leaders, one way or another. We all lead. Um, and I just think that I've, I've been so grateful to him for, for sharing that with me because it's it's really helped channel so much of my decision making. Yeah, that's a great quote. Yeah, that's a great quote. Make decisions based on hope. And on what should happen, not what shouldn't. I, I just, you know, frame it in the positive. Don't. Absolutely. And that is what boldness is, isn't it? You yeah. know, like be bold, go go forward. Yes. Don't. Don't look backwards. Don't be afraid. Oh, yeah, don't, don't look backwards. Be don't be don't afraid. Be absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think as an adult now, looking at my teenage self, I'm really glad that I understand that there's a distinction between being bold and being outspoken and just kind of talking mm. out, talking out of turn. There is a huge difference and there is a kind of justice element associated with boldness kind of like reclaiming what's yours or making a decision Mm. to support people that can't support themselves or taking people out of a situation that isn't right for them. I think boldness pulls you closer towards that than just speaking out. I think speaking out sometimes can come from anger and or Mm. frustration, but without really fully understanding what's going on, you know, Whereas boldness is about other people. It's not just about you. So true. And also boldness shouldn't, I don't think boldness should come from a place of emotion. Interesting. Mm. I think we're going to disagree again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, la. I'm going to give my opinion. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong and then I'm going to end up agreeing with you. Go ahead, la. I think that... um, Based on what you just said, the, the, although obviously everything needs, to, in my opinion, everything needs to start with emotions and start with feelings and start with, um, yeah, all those things. But I think boldness is more than just an emotional reaction. Boldness needs to be based on more than just emotion. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. That mm. so it needs to be based on knowledge, on um, on the context, on those sorts of things. In order to be bold and successfully bold, I think it needs to be based on more than just emotion. Interesting. Um, I disagree. And the the only reason why I disagree is because I think that the emotion that you have for that specific situation is what propels you to be bold Mm -hmm. throughout. Like, even when the people you're trying to help are acting crazy. So the, the person that comes to my mind when I think about this, like, from the Bible is Moses. Like, he had a stammer. He didn't even have the confidence to talk to the Pharaoh who was keeping his people, keeping the Israelites captive. But he went anyway, right? Because he felt that compulsion. These these Israelites Mm -hmm. do not deserve to be in slavery. Do you see what I mean? So that pushed him. When they said to him, when they were in the wilderness, our lives were better in Egypt. And you're thinking, uh, hello, I've just had to cross the sea. I've had to do so many. I I said plagues. There's so many things I've had to do to get us to where we are. And your response is actually life was better then. But it was the compassion and the love that he had for those people that he Mm -hmm. continued to be bold on their behalf. And I think that 
the reason why I disagree even more so with it is because I think in the world of academia and education, this really stoic approach is celebrated more. But I feel like passion, mm, yeah. anger, frustration, compassion, love, those are the essence of our humanity that actually yeah. causes or pushes us to work together and work for one another and push one another and support one another. So even though I see what you mean in terms of emotion shouldn't be the only thing that carries you, because with um, Rashford, for example, he didn't just go, the prime minister is an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, you've got yeah, to yeah, channel yeah. it. Yeah, you can't just yeah. do that. However... You see, even in the open letter, that love flows through the whole thing. Compassion flows through the whole thing. And that's an emotion. And sometimes it will be negative emotions that push, and sometimes it will be positive ones. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that. I definitely agree with that sense of there being different... I think it's totally fine to be driven by negative emotion sometimes, yeah. as long as the actions you take are driven by hope and possibility. Agreed. As Michelle Obama said. Yes. I think, maybe, I think uh, we're probably saying the same thing, actually, in that it, it, it maybe starts with emotion and then how you channel it is... Although the Moses example is a really good one because actually there's not much else except emotion that drives him. Yes. And so that's a, that's a really good example to have given. Um, yeah, so once again, uh, I'm just going to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I do no, think I don't that disagree with you I think, think yeah, and I also think that whatever you do needs to point to the outcome you desire rather than the problem. And I guess that's Absolutely. what the quote is basically saying. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I would just say, like, for beginning teachers and students, like, from this discussion, like, be observant research have knowledge look Mm. into what it is you're going to talk about it could be not necessarily critical research by going on to a big library and looking at extensive like articles and journals no but more just observing your environment and knowing what actually Mm. needs to change and then know your audience know who you're speaking to because the truth is certain people will hear you when you take a particular approach that is the truth and I think that's what Lara's talking about when she says you know try not to let emotion be the only thing that drives you in those discussions because actually some people may not receive that in the way that Mm -hmm. you might need them to be really clear about what your solution is yeah and make sure you've actioned it yourself with other people around you and seen that there are some results that come from it absolutely and make your case um strong yeah but don't ever be afraid to rise up and challenge something that you don't agree with um, on behalf of other people, not just, obviously, for yourselves. Yeah, so true. And I would add to that, ask questions as well um, at yeah. every stage of being bold. Ask questions. Ask questions of your peers. Ask questions of your students. Ask questions of your line managers. And of not yourself. questions that challenge, but yeah. also questions that inform you, yes. the, the answers of which inform you, both of those types of questions. Absolutely. Well, powerful professionals, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode today on boldness. And I really hope that you take an opportunity to comment on our socials and tell us about times when you've been bold at work. See you next week. Bye. 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 Oh, <laughs>